1: prime thing is you have to win. You have to win. Otherwise, you can't be a success in professional football.
0: You're listening to The State of the Nation with Jimmy Durkin, Vic Taffer, Tashawn Reed, and Ted Nguyen on The Athletic Podcast Network.
2: What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of State of the Nation here on The Athletic Podcast Network. I am Jimmy Durkin, joined as always by Vic Tafer and Tashawn Reed. Ted Nguyen will be with us shortly. And... Uh, I guess we'll talk a little bit more about the quarterback situation. You know, we were wondering uh, what, what would we talk about the, the rest of this month here as we uh, kind of finish out the season here as the Raiders are, are obviously not still playing. And um, the quarterback situation continues to to have new nuggets thrown its way. Uh, a lot of talk has been about Tom Brady and just the natural fit there with him rejoining forces with Josh McDaniels. And he took that off the table on Wednesday when he announced his retirement he says for good, and I guess we will believe him until uh, convinced otherwise. But Tom Brady off the table, and I think we will call that a good thing. I know, Vic, that's what you wrote. Um, it would have been a move that I don't know that the returns would have been what they would have hoped or expected. And so now they are in a, a, a different position where it's, it's all about probably finding a quarterback in the draft. But uh, yeah, as you wrote, Vic, that wasn't a great plan, but it was at least a plan, and now that plan is off the table.
1: Yeah, I think um, I'm sure some of your fans got excited about the idea of actually, like, you know, making another push for the postseason and really trying to win now, which I think is always attractive, I think. But long term, I'm not sure signing a guy who's 46 years old, didn't play very well uh, last year. And enough holes in this roster where I think, you know, I think you got to look at maybe a more of a diversified approach. You know, Deshaun talked to Ziegler yesterday and it kind of was I thought what I got from that also, like, I'm not sure it makes a lot of sense. All your eggs in that one basket, especially if that basket is forty-six years old. So I thought it was—I thought it was good. I mean, I'm happy for Tom Brady. I think he can finally go off on a sunset. I mean, he probably wished he did a year ago, but he said he had no regrets. I believe him. I think he's a true competitor. I think he definitely wanted to push it to the end, which he did. So, uh, tip of the cap! You know, unbelievable career, the greatest of all time. Everyone knows that, and I just think that um, in this case, I think it's good that he retired for him and also for the Raiders. So I think. I'm not sure that was a great plan from, from the get go.
3: Yeah, I think, and a lot of people in the comments on my story with Ziggler yesterday had pointed out that it doesn't sound like he thinks their roster is very good. I mean, you know, their offensive line, all three levels of the defense. I mean, they have a lot of capital, a bunch of cash base, and draft picks. He's not but- wrong. Yeah, but it's you know it's just as as we've talked about, it's so difficult to fill all of those needs in one off season. Like you, bet, like nobody's gonna bat a thousand. Like you're gonna miss on draft picks. You're gonna have some signers that don't pan out. People are gonna get injured, um, and create other issues that you didn't have coming into the season. And so, whatever word you want to use for, for where they are, but it, it's gonna be a multi year build. You know, it's not something where they're gonna make a couple moves this off season and all of a sudden be contenders, which it's kind of what the perception was last year, and it, and it was, you know, easy to see how, how we got that, that to that place with them making the playoffs and then, you know, adding a superstar in Devontae Adams and, and making some big money additions like Chandler Jones. But I think it became very apparent early in the season that they were not anywhere close to contending, and I don't think that's any different now. And so it, it's going to be more of a slow process, you know, and that's... Um, not too exciting for the fan base that hasn't had a whole bunch of winning in the past 20 years, but it seems like they've been given the goodwill they need from Mark Davis to kind of build that way and not be in, in too much of a rush. Obviously, they want to win more games next season, but in terms of the timeline that they have, as you said, you know, drafting the quarterback just seems to make the most sense. Not so much because it extends the timeline for McDaniels and Ziegler, but you know, if you're trying to build your roster slowly, it's better to have a cheap you know, young quarterback that you got for five years under control if you use the fifth-year option compared to, you know, let's say paying somebody $30 million a year or something of that nature while you have a bunch of holes elsewhere you have to fill. And so just in terms of resources, it just seems like that path is starting to make the most sense for him. Come
2: on. Devontae Adams told us all uh, on, on Twitter Wednesday night that uh, Aaron Rodgers is moving into his neighborhood. It's, uh, it's the Rodgers-Adams reunion. That's not happening?
3: Yeah, man, I mean, you know, why not? $50 million and a couple first-round picks when you have holes everywhere? Yeah, go ahead. Let's do it. I'm sure it would be great. Fantastic.
1: You do one pick in Darren Waller, I don't know. But, uh, yeah, I think… Um, probably, probably still more than that. I don't know, man. I'm like, does he have a lot of leverage? I'm not sure. Is, is Aaron Rodgers in wide demand these days? I mean, I don't know the Jets are… Yes. Are, yes? Yeah. All right. yeah.
3: He won back-to-back MVPs, man. He's
1: old, t- man. I don't know, dude. I'm, I'm, just, yeah, I'm tired of all He's these too... old quarterbacks, man. Let's, let's get some young... Vic hates old <laughs> people. Because I, I, <laughs> I am old. That's why I hate myself. It's a self-hate thing. Uh, I hate uh, getting old, man. But um, I just think, like, like if I didn't think Tom Brady made sense, and he was a free agent, now you got to trade picks for a guy who's 39? I mean, again, Rodgers is definitely probably, you know, better than Brady is, I'm sure... I would give again the Raiders hope that if we're making a, a push this year, but um, that's a that's a big price to pay for a team that's already traded away so many picks. And I think like Deshaun says trying to build, and they got to get some young guys, they get some homegrown talent. I think you can't trade away your picks at this point if you are where they are. All right. Well, speaking of trading, we know that Derek Carr is
2: available on the market, a uh, Pro Bowler. Derek Carr, I should say, four-time Pro Bowler. He he is a he's a member of this uh, this year's Pro Bowl team. He was. The what fifth
1: alternate, I believe? Probably tenth. are probably like five guys. Said no that we don't know about. I mean, no offense to Tyler Huntley, but if he's a Pro Bowl quarterback, this ga- <laughs> this game is definitely. He threw two. T- he threw two touchdowns this year, man. He I threw mean, two more this could you. be the end of this game if he's if he's got Pro Bowl designation. Then this game should probably be abolished. I mean, we're kind of getting to be a, now where we're a joke. And Derek Carr also had, had a bad year. He should not be a Pro Bowl quarterback, but it's funny. At least he recognized yeah. it like he, when he tweeted it out. He's like, this must have got lost in the mail from last no, year. That's funny. I mean, imagine him back at Legion Stadium this weekend. Uh, Raider fans can say goodbye. I mean, Raiders officials holding their breath doesn't get hurt because it's a $40 million uh, you know, tag attached to it. So it's hilarious the way it worked out. I mean, I know the Raiders aren't laughing. I'm sure uh, NFL did have no favors. I mean, NFL could probably go down, further down the list to get somebody else. But um, it is you know, a typical uh, Raiders uh Dark humor that he's playing this weekend.
2: They did the Raiders one favor. You said he loved dodgeball. He did not he did get not. selected for the dodgeball game. He go one favor. Raiders got a favor.
3: Yeah, but he, uh, I think he's expected to talk on Saturday when they have the availability at at Allegiant Stadium for me for media. So he had, he had a, a sermon where he was kind of talking about the Raiders while talking about God and kind of it's kind of an interesting way. But it should be the first time where he actually. Take some direct questions on the record. Uh, you know, I'm sure he's not going to say too much, but you know, kind of break the car silence on, on on the Raiders as they move move closer towards their divorce here in less than two weeks now. Because it's a flag
2: football game, I don't know like what what they wear. I mean, you know, back in the old actual I'd say actual football game even though it wasn't really an actual football game but back in the old Pro Bowl games I mean what they wore like the AFC NFC uniforms with their own team helmets I assume they do not wear a helmet for a Pro Bowl um, but usually I think like there's some kind of team logo on the jersey even if it's an AFC jersey like it'd be really funny if he wears like an AFC Pro Bowl jersey but instead of like the Raiders logo it's just like NFL you know like some, something nice and generic like I, like uh yeah i I'm not, I'm not going to uh, to put the Raiders logo on me. I, mean, I assume he obviously will wear wear the Raiders logo. I
3: don't know how they're doing the jerseys this year, but I'm looking back at the ones from last year at Allegiant, and they had the helmets, but the jerseys are just, like, all the same. Nothing? Yeah, so okay. I don't yeah, th- I my, thought
2: they used to have, like, a little logo on there. Yeah.
3: But. I'm sure now that it's a flag football game, maybe they'll, like, go ahead. Maybe they'll change the jerseys or some shit. I don't know. But that would be funny. Just him just... Up there asking questions about him being a former Raiders quarterback when wearing a Raiders jersey. This is what a, what a, what a saga here. What was great though was like when the Raiders like tweeted
2: out like congratulations, Derek Carr, in front of the they pro had
3: Bowl. to man, they had no choice. I mean, he's still it. They AJ Cole making it as like, an alternate punter. I don't know who who the fuck punter dropped out the pro, the Pro Bowl was it was it one of the guys in the Super Bowl?
2: Tommy Townsend, no, yeah, okay.
3: Chiefs punter. Yeah, that's what I was about to say man, yeah, they two punters too good for the Pro Bowl now. But that that makes more sense. But um, but yeah, so I, it's be interesting to see. I mean. Senior Bowl, where I'm, where I'm at now in good old Mobile, Alabama, uh, this is usually where trade discussions and other things amongst GMs start, get, start heating up here as we get closer to you know the season being over. And so um, it's not a lot of time left. Uh, it's very, very short to try to put something together. But we'll see. Obviously, Ziegler was here on the ground, a, a bunch of other GMs and executives across the league were. And so I think Carr will make it to this weekend, still being a Raiders quarterback, but Next week, we'll, we'll see if, if, if anything happens. You
2: know, it doesn't sound like there's a whole lot of optimism about him being traded. And Vic, you know, you reported the Nugget on, I think, Monday that they've not given his representative, they've not given his agent permission to talk to other teams about a trade, uh, which would seem to kind of fly in the face of them wanting to trade him. I mean, he's got the no trade clause. If you're not letting him talk to teams about a trade, it's going to be a lot harder for him to, to uh, you know, find a trade that's agreeable. And... I mean, it speaks to me, at least, to a distrust between the two sides because the only reason they would do that is if they do not trust him Younger to talk to other teams about a trade and have those conversations instead become— all right. After we cut him, this is what we'll pay you. Uh, so, I mean, to me, that, that that would just seem to a pretty big distrust between the two sides.
1: I think it's a weird flex because I think if you do want to get anything back for him in a trade, then your really only hope is to have uh, the agent younger talk to teams and kind of get the contract stuff worked out. Because and maybe maybe there will be a wink, wink. Who knows? I mean, I, I don't think there is, but there could be talking about you know his free agent deal. But that's a chance you got to take for the Raiders because otherwise teams are not going to want to do anything because, like, like, I can't talk to the agent about the contract. I'm not going to trade for the guy. I can wait. In, and I think so, to me, I mean, at some point, I'm sure Mark Davis and Duker talked about, you know what, You know, screw it, let, let him go. I think he can walk because you know, it's going to be hard to trade him now, I think, without the agents being involved. I just think that it's a, it's a strange move for me. And to me, it's, not, it's a signal that they moved on. You know what, this is not going to happen. Let's just part ways, and that's fine. But there is... All the talk early on was they can work together. We thought, you know, kumbaya, work together, get a trade. Everyone's happy, Raiders get a pick back. He picks where he wants to go. Deal gets reworked, but that hasn't happened yet. And barring a change of, of philosophy the next week, uh, you know, it looks like they're going to cut him. Yeah, all
3: signs are, are pointing to him just getting released. You know, you I mean you have to if you if you can't make a trade happen, obviously. But that's really a. It's a pretty bad loss of value. Like like for whatever car underwhelmed last season, I still – he's like he's had an average season, like 15th, fifteenth, 16th best quarterback in the league. And I still think he's – I don't think he's all of a sudden not the guy that we saw last year or the year before last when he was a fringe top 10 guy. And he's only 30 years old. He has a, relative, a pretty team-friendly deal. And so getting nothing for a play. I mean, we've seen Carson Wentz get two third-round picks. I think Sam Donald got a second-round pick. A couple of years ago if i'm not mistaken like we've seen much worse quarterbacks than Derek carr get like pretty significant draft capital and so to get nothing for him especially when you're a team that has so many holes it's not like this is like the 49ers and they just cut jimmy g or something like that you know they're and they're fine everywhere but for me this is a pretty big loss in terms of value on their on their point obviously hindsight is 2020 20, and you know maybe they couldn't get rid of Carr last year and still get Devonte adams or, or whatever it might have been but uh it seems like they kind of shot themselves in the foot with this one
2: yeah i mean and you understand that they wanted to see i guess you know see how the first year would go to see if they could make it work with him but i mean if you if you're sitting here a year ago before you gave him the new contract before you gave him that no trade clause like you probably could have got i mean you would have got at least one first round pick you yeah, know, maybe two first round picks at least probably a first and a second you could have got them pretty high value again you bring up the point um and it's a valid one that that they might not have been able to get Devontae Adams if they did that. But I know that they don't want to have that guaranteed money go on their books. They don't want to, like, get stuck paying them that. But, like, that $40 million guaranteed over two seasons to a quarterback, I, would that make him untradeable if that's suddenly guaranteed? I, I feel like they would still be able to, uh, to get some value out of that um, just because teams can then, you know, take that deal and, and restructure it. It seems like, I don't know, it, it seems like they just... Have made some some missteps here that have cost them a lot of the, the ability to regain value for him.
3: Yeah, I don't think it's so much about teams not wanting because any team that trades from is going to restructure a deal or go sign him in free agency. I, I imagine he was going to he's going to get more than forty million dollars guaranteed if he is free agency, depending on a deal. I think it's more so about like he already has like most of the leverage, but that would completely give Derek Carr all of the leverage because he just has you by the balls because you can't cut them anymore so like you have to trade me to where I want to go specifically I don't give a fuck what they're offering or you know whatever is, how bad the trade is you know and so that's that's a very tough and more so for them because it's not their money that's tough for Mark Davis to be like 40 million don't worry about it man we're, just, we're, we're gonna figure it out like that's, that's a lot of that's a lot of money for this <laughs> this franchise in particular to have on the line in that kind of way and so I think that's just that's not going to be a a situation that they, they put themselves in. Uh, I mean, it's on them, though, because they, I mean, they're the ones that drew up the contract that way. That The February 15th date is only there because they put it there. Can't really blame anybody but themselves for that one.
1: I think it underscores just how much I mean, McDaniels obviously thought it was going to work with Carr. Obviously, I mean, you come in and you, you scout and watch the film. Like, yeah, this guy can be a quarterback in my system. You tell Mark Davis that, and okay, well, let's give him a, a new deal. Uh, they're lucky that I think Ziegler and, and uh, McDaniels that uh, – Mark Davis is kind of soured in Derek Carr over the years. Otherwise, this will be a bigger deal, a bigger minus in their books, on their ledger with him, I think, than it is now. But I think the fact that they can walk away, have a new start, I think Mark's okay with that. But I think otherwise, paying a quarterback that kind of that kind of money for one year and losing a guy who's going to start somewhere else next season for nothing would be a much bigger minus than it is right now for for, for them uh, with with Mark Davis.
4: All right, Ted has joined the uh, the show. What's going on, Ted? What's up, guys? But just to jump into the conversation. You know, you have a top ten pick this year, so this gives them a chance to, you know, start over and, and potentially pick a guy. And you know, I think it'd be tough for Derek Carr to be on a team with a rookie quarterback that's kind of just looming and and ready to take over too. So, you know, I, I saw some people uh, online talking about why didn't they wait till next year, but. I think they were banking on Brady a little bit, but I also think, yeah, I mean, you have a top 10 pick. You know, you have a chance to start over. Maybe
3: it's better just to peel that mandate off right now. The thing is, though, because they're a seven, they don't really control their destiny at all when it comes to quarterback. I mean, there's multiple teams in front of them that need a quarterback. There's trades around there are people around them who could trade ups and get in front of them, and take a quarterback. Like it's a world where they could be there at seven and like there's only one of those Perceived, you know, four first round quarterbacks available, I and mean, maybe they don't like that guy, you know, and so now they might be in a situation where they they have to use resources a year after trading their first and second round pick to move up to go get a quarterback if they're going to draft one, and something that could have helped you move up is if you got some assets back for Derek Carr, you know, so like it's, it's the, I don't I don't know like it's it's a cool I guess that they have a top ten pick, but I don't really view it as like because they're not in, really in range to. Surefire say yeah, we're going to get the quarterback we want. Like they're going to have to give up some more shit to go get that guy now because of the situation that they they put themselves in.
2: And they never should have gone on that three-game winning streak. That that ham that hamstringed them.
4: You got to feel it out though, you know, like I I don't know if this class warrants four guys being picked before the you know number 7 pick or three guys being picked before the number 7 pick. But yeah, I mean, you could trade up. That that's an option if that's what you want to do. It's a lot easier to trade up from seven than from somebody coming from outside the top 10. I don't know how far Anthony Richardson will or how high he'll get picked if he's a top 10 type of guy. And, you know, maybe trading down, even though trading down is not as easy as people think it is, you could trade out of the top 10 and potentially get him in the first round if that's the direction you want to go to. That's kind of where they pitted themselves with the Derek Carr contract and with that three game winning streak. And, you know, that you, Ziegler, this is your job. You got to figure it out and, and land a quarterback. We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors.
0: Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right.
2: All right, well, let's talk a little bit about the Senior Bowl. Tashawn, you're back there in Mobile. Um, this is not a quarterback Senior Bowl, right? This is not a, a one of those where you're getting a chance to look at any of these guys that the Raiders could consider in the first round. What have your impressions been, though? Is as anybody kind of stood out to you that uh, that could be intriguing? Yeah, all the fucking quarterbacks stink. They are
3: terrible here. <laughs> um, but this is this is all about the it's all about the trenches, honestly. Um, that's really been the only position group that's. I can fully evaluate because even like with the receivers, because the quarterbacks are so bad, like I can't tell if the corners are all just amazing or 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 they just the receivers have no chance. Like it's really bad. Like I'm not just making a joke. Like picks left and right, like PBU's overshooting guys. So like it's kind of hard to even judge the receivers, um, even though that's not a big need for them. But um, it's been a lot of impressive linemen on both sides of the ball. Um, for me, the most impressive one offensively was DeJuan Jones, and he's like one of those Trent Brown type. Size guys, he's like 6'8, 375, has like the longest wingspan in senior bowl history. And he only practiced for the first day. And probably the reason why that is literally nobody beat him at any point. Any one on one, 11 on 11 drills, like he was just stonewalling guys. And when it was running, run, run plays, getting guys out the club. Like, and so he had a dominant day at right tackle. Um, and so he's a guy that probably earned himself some money, maybe like a, a round two type guy. Darnell Wright from Tennessee is another right tackle who really stood out and played really strong. He's not as big as as Jones, but he was just as impressive. I rarely see him lose any reps. Um, on the defensive side of the ball is actually a small school guy. Carl Brooks from Bowling Green, of all places, but he's like this 6'5", 300-pound guy who played defensive end in college and had like 18 tackles for loss and 10 sacks. But he's like basically going to be a, a three-technique defensive tackle, and he just looked... He's like unblockable out there um, and he's kind of getting some, not saying he's that caliber player, but people are saying like he might be like the Aaron Donald type of this class or a guy from a small school who isn't super hyped coming into the draft, but ends up having a really good pro career. And then outside of that, I think uh, Keanu Benton is another guy, defensive tackle from Wisconsin. He, he's another guy that that's kind of flashed against the pass and, and the run. The edge rushers I was a little bit disappointed in. Like I was pretty high on Isaiah Foskey from Notre Dame. He's a guy that I had in our kind of mock draft reaction story last week with Dane Brugler, but he was getting stonewalled. Part of that was because offensive linemen looked so good. So I would say offensive line was the most impressive position, mostly the tackles overall. And then interior def- defensive lineman was the next one, and then everybody else kind of falls into the same boat after that. But that's still you know valuable for the Raiders because those are obviously – Two positions of need, I would say, you know, like I know Jermaine Illuminor played solid last season, but I would, I feel like they need to upgrade right tackle. And then on the interior defensive line, they not only had basically zero pass rush, but they also started to be pretty susceptible to the run game later in the year. So while it's, you know, they don't have the quarterbacks and the receivers and all that stuff at this year's senior bowl, there's still some guys at some pretty key positions of need for the Raiders that that stood out and, and had a good, good week. Oh, and also Pat. Patrick Graham is, is coaching one of the teams, the national team. So he's gotten to, I mean, everybody gets the film and they can see the practices, but he's been able to obviously be in the meeting room and kind of see how guys, their personality, how attentive they are, their their demeanor, are they bullshitting, you know, are they locked in, how smart they are, that kind of stuff. And so that's all information that, that'll continue to help the Raiders. You know, if there's a guy that stands out, but maybe on the field, but doesn't off the field, you know, those kind of things. They
2: access as the coaching staff. I mean, Vic, what it was a twenty? What, what was the year that Gruden coached the?
1: Uh... Uh, what was that it was a Terry McLaren year? So it was a 2019... Uh,
2: I remember you, you said it a couple of weeks ago, who, the, the guys they got out of that uh, out of that. Oh, Abram and, was hurt. Like Foster Moreau. So was, Abram was
1: hurt that year, but he he was a guy that they were, he was always around the, the Raiders coaching staff. And they also got Foster Moreau, right? And uh, was it Ingold, I want to say? As a free agent signing? They had, I think, seven guys um, in terms of drafted guys, undrafted guys, but um, who am I forgetting? Um, did Max Crosby go to the senior bowl? Didn't no, he didn't. didn't, didn't right? He did not, no. no. And neither did Klee, but... Um, Trying to think who else a guy besides uh Foster Moreau. Was Renfro there? Yeah, Renfro, Renfro was Renfro there. Renfro was there. So yeah, there's like there was um John Simpson, I think was there. Was that the start right year? They got seven guys, uh, both that um, they drafted or signed as undrafted free agent guys. So they thought it was huge. They thought definitely, like like Deshaun said, the chance to, to to see guys not just in practice but also in meetings and like behind the scenes, how they interact, kind of the leadership, you know, quotient that they're good with other players and uh, they love the experience. Obviously, didn't get as many uh, of those seven guys, and really pan out. That well for pan out pretty well, in Moreau, but um,
2: yeah, I mean, you got a fifth round, fifth round receiver that ends yeah, up being a pro so I mean, Foster Moreau, Foster Moreau was what a fourth, fourth rounder. rounder yeah. I mean, he's that's solid from a fourth rounder. And then I mean, Ingold, obviously, they, they let him walk, um, you know, just because of uh, McDaniel's wanted to go with his guy. But I mean, he was to get an undrafted guy as good as him. I mean, so that's the later rounds of that draft is like kind of the only thing that has really saved saved this team from, you know, being a, a complete disaster of a roster. I mean, we we know that Ziggler uh referenced when he talked to you, Tishon, that the biggest goal this offseason is to build up the homegrown talent and t- Gosh, just imagine where this roster would be if they hadn't gotten you know Max Crosby and, and Hunter Renfro in the late rounds of that draft. Um, I mean, that really represents their their level of homegrown talent. They had
1: a worse record. They'd be picking higher and they get a quarterback. So they failed. The whole thing blew up, and they should have gotten worse guys. Have a worse record, and then they get the quarterback they want this year. So it all
3: didn't didn't work out for them. It was bad.
2: But they wouldn't have made the playoffs last year without Crosby and
3: Renfro. He doesn't think the the high end talent in this draft class is as impressive he's more he thinks it's more of one of those depth um types of classes at, at certain positions as i said offensive line and defensive line are, are, are perceived to be two of the deepest ones but you know i mean most of these guys at, at these all-star games whether it's the shrine bowl or senior bowl or insert whatever other bowl like they're going to be mostly day two day three picks but you know i mean we've seen you know some of the best teams in the league i mean some of the best players on the raiders you know are, are you know those types of picks or undrafted guys, and so, and the Patriots for years have, have made a living on you know their first round picks aren't ain't too good, but their day two and day three picks is usually where they find their guys who become some of their best players, and so they're really emphasizing the importance of building out the roster and getting a, a young core through those rounds. And I mean they have they have a lot of picks. Um, it's it's kind of the number isn't set because of the comp picks haven't come in yet, but Ziggler says either, either they're going to have twelve yesterday. There's a lot of darts to throw and, and see if see how many you can hit. And so they're, they're going to have to make their, if they're not, you know, making big, you know, plugging a bunch of holes in free agency, um, they're going to have to hit on those, those later round draft picks um, in order to, to build up that core and, and improve on all three levels of the defense and the offensive line and, the court and quarterback and all these needs that they have. Like, there's just no way that they're going to start to improve in those areas without excelling in this. And so I know it's not, it's definitely not the most exciting group of prospects and like the practices are not great, but these are the guys they're going to have to hit on to to start to turn this thing around. One thing that Ziggler said to you that I found was interesting is is
2: something that guys like us say a lot, but um, to hear it from an actual GM, he basically kind of shit on free agency. He said, you know, if, the, if these guys are available in free agency, you know, there there there's a reason. Maybe it's injuries. Maybe it's you know they haven't lived up to whatever. I mean. Basically, kind of, it's a common thing that we all know that you don't want to live through free agency because, um, again, if a guy is that good, a team is generally not going to let him become available. But I, I do wonder if you're a, a free agent that's being pursued by the Raiders, if you suddenly look at those comments from him and say, oh, so he thinks there's something wrong with me and that's why I'm available. Um, you know, pay, pay me a little extra if you want me to come, if you if you think there's something so wrong with me. Um, but uh, he's, he's not
3: wrong. Yeah, I mean, he kind of couched it by saying, you know, within that, like, I forget the, the the three words he used, but it was like young, ascending, and and healthy players usually don't come up, up too often in free agency. He's saying there, was, there are some of them, and so he, he gets strategically sort of – he he really was using the Bengals as heavily as an example. Like their defense really was constructed by a lot of like those smaller free agency guys like Trey Hendrickson and uh, Mike Hilton, the cornerback that's really been playing well for them, and Von Bell. And so those kind of signings, you know, he's, he's favorable of. But trying to build the team from scratch through free agency, which – They basically would have to do because if they didn't emphasize a draft because they have no young talent because they've the last five or six years are probably longer than that. But last five years in particular, the drafting has been abysmal. And so um, it it makes sense. And I I think it's also just it's a good it's not like the most encouraging thing for fans, but I think it's you want your your decisions maker decision makers to be honest about what they are in terms of like and be self-aware. Like, like, a lot of teams, like, like the, let's say the Saints, for example, like, they thought they were very close last year. They're trading multiple first-round picks to draft, you know, draft a receiver, an offensive tackle, and now they're $60 million over the cap, and they were fucking terrible. They beat the shit out of the Raiders, but, like, they, they, they were pretty bad last year, and so, like, you don't want that. Like, the, the team thinks that they're close, and they make some moves that gets you, you know, way deep over the cap, or you smoke some draft picks, and then you still suck, you know what I mean? And so it doesn't guarantee that they're going to figure it out but i think having that that route is probably better for the raiders than trying to put together a magic offseason as as vic said with whether it was tom brady or aaron rodgers or whoever the the, the quarterback would be to lead the way with that cuz watching it last year it's pretty apparent especially in this division that this this team is not not close at all to contender
4: Right now, they're pretty much pegged into having to get a rookie quarterback high in a draft. I mean, if you're going with a rookie quarterback, that changes your philosophy. You know, you're not going into an all-in type of year. You're kind of slowly building the team out. So, you know, if you do take a swing on a break free agent, you know, maybe you put a lot of that money early on in a in deal. But you're most likely just, you know, not going to take those huge swings until you know, you, you think your rookie quarterback is ready and you're ready
3: to make a run. That gives you a bit of an advantage. At, at least it tells you exactly where you are. Yeah, and the, and the teams that are good examples, like, I mean, the Bengals didn't really go all in on that free agency spree until after Burroughs' rookie year. Even the, the Bills with Josh Allen, they didn't go get Stephon Diggs until I think his third year it was. Justin Herbert with the Chargers, like, you know, whatever. But then they had their big offseason this past offseason. That was his third year. And so usually the teams, like, even if they take a guy top 10, they usually, the, the Dolphins is another one with Tua, they usually wait at least a year or two and see, like, is this the guy? like And then if it looks like he is, like, okay, well, let's let's go ahead and go for it, then kind of maximizing that rookie window. And so that seems to be the path that they're headed. I know I do think they are pretty early on in terms of their draft evaluations. I'm not sure that they, they're, like, in love with a certain quarterback prospect or anything like that yet. Um, so I think they're still doing their due dil- diligence on that front. But. If they can identify a guy and find a path to getting them this year, then they can sort of put themselves in that position, which seems like the best route for them to go. But it it also requires them to to like these quarterbacks. Like maybe they they get into it and they realize they don't. And then you kind of end up in an even weirder situation where maybe you're kicking the can down the pipe to to next year.
2: I mean, the beauty for them is that they're not in that you know, the Eagles situation or, or the Dolphins situation. We're like, all right, we need to go get a number one target for our rookie quarterback, our young quarterback. Like, that young quarterback, if they're walking in, they're walking in and throwing to Devontae Adams, presumably still, still Darren Waller, Hunter Renfro. I mean, you know, if they bring back Jacobs, I mean, that—that's the nice thing—is that they're not walking into a team where they need to go find a number one receiver. they have already got the target, so like, they're in a, it's a pretty good situation for that young QB. Yeah,
1: I was gonna say something similar. I think ideally, like this offensive core is good enough where it helps a young guy develop faster and kind of gets that next step. I think if you do fall in love with one of these top three guys and the skill sets there, those guys can get better quickly, and you have a chance to think. To maybe even contend or compete this year and, and be in the mix, I think. It's going to be a stretch, but you can see it. There's, there's That's the potential. That's why you get one of these three guys. I think after that, I think the next four guys in the draft, I would think you have to sign someone who's a bridge guy, like a Stidham or somebody else. I'm not sure those guys can step in and start right away. But I think the three guys, first three guys, should, should be able to. So I think, um, like, we, like we said, this draft process is all about McDaniels Diggler, finding the right guy, a guy you can have total confidence and you can build with him and learn a system and become a guy you have trust in. So it's exciting in that aspect of your a family fan. Like you're going to ideally find your quarterback for the next, you know, five, ten years a, a, in this draft and, and that's where we're
3: at. I mean, that has to be you know, the first mission uh, that, that you're really focused on. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see kind of how, how the, the quarterback hierarchy pans out. That's something just talking to people the senior bowl here is definitely a an eye of the beholder draft class like there's people all, all over the place on who they think is number one or who's who's better than who or how they feel about Bryce Young being too small and that kind of stuff so I don't think it's really going to be set until after the, after the combine um, it'll, it'll probably start to crystallize but it definitely this isn't like the typical year where it's like oh yeah this guy's number one number two number three like it's very it varies for team, from team to team. All right. Well, we know we
2: got to get Tashawn out of here in a couple minutes before uh, his, the hotel manager comes banging on his door to kick him out. But uh, I did promise we would uh, take a couple spillover questions. Uh, we'll, we'll go with one spillover question from uh, the queue that we sent out last week. Uh, this one's from Mark B. He wants to know Is being a Raiders fan a mental illness? <laughs> and if so, will therapy help me? Well, we would hope that we 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 serve as your therapy a little bit, but uh, he does have a serious question beyond that. But you can you guys can chew, t- can chime in to, to let him know if uh, if therapy will help him. But uh, his serious question is: after blowing a record number of ten plus point leads, why should we have confidence in McDaniel's coaching?
4: Well, BetterHelp is a pod sponsor, so you know if you want some therapy online therapy after some bad losses, go to BetterHelp.com. <laughs> <laughs> promo code NFL baby. I don't know. I forget what our promo code is. <laughs> I mean, if you if you want to spin it so you have some confidence in Josh McDaniels after blowing those leads, at least he got those leads in the first place. Not
3: a lot of coaches get those leads and blow them. You're, so. you're fired. You're get <laughs> them off. Yeah, <laughs> fuck off. Yeah, I think the, uh, the, really the only thing you can pull from, because there's nothing that happened on the field last year, is just, I mean, we all know that this roster isn't isn't up to snuff. And so – the 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 optimism optimistic view is that once they have a better team, um you know, and he can figure out, you know, grow as a coach, but also it's, it's harder to fuck up when you have a bunch of talented players everywhere, right? and So that's that's really it, because I mean, they didn't show anything, whether it's last year or the Broncos tenure, like you know, have anything on that's tangible so far to like believe that you know he can be a high level head coach, and so. Just got to hope they get better talent and, and see what happens then. That's that's about it. I'd say reasons for
1: McDaniel's optimism uh, would be he's good with the offensive line, juggling guys around, getting the protections schemed up a little bit to overcome a lack of talent there. I thought they definitely overachieved last year. That's because of, of him, I think. Um, and I, I, guess, I guess the team didn't quit on him. I guess the team kind of played hard throughout the year, so that I think there's some faith there in, in his uh, – his knowledge and his obviously his background. Everybody knows with the six rings he has, so that's a big deal for players. So, you know, I think you look at this year, and I think they're going to blame Carr and it didn't work out with with the offense, and that's why the season kind of went down down the gutter. And I think that yeah, at this point I have to give him that. So we'll see what he gets for another quarterback, and we can make it work. But I think um, you can put this year on him and Carr, just not not not, not and so uh that's where we are. So I think you you hope that um the Six Rings shine brighter this year and they, they make some some better moves and they, they, they win some of the close games but um yeah so those are your reasons for optimism. So not many. And seek help please. Seek help. And, uh, and and pray that Derek Carr does not
2: get hurt at the Don't Pro Bowl because
1: he's watching the show and reading our stuff. So obviously he's a loyal customer. So it's it's fine. You're doing a good doing a good job. You're, you're, you're fine. Yes, that's fair.
3: <laughs> Fuck your mental <my> <laughs> health. Support us. Wow. Vic <laughs> <laughs> just said. I was like that's the, the subtitles what I said. I mean,
1: <laughs> he, 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 he danced I, I around it. And you it, just went there. Tap their <laughs> shoes on. <laughs>
4: Vic, you're a capitalist just a, sh- a shameless capitalist don't care about people Yo, he hates old health.
3: people like i hate old people he's over... against mental health <laughs> like... shows you my oh,
1: problems man. i'm dealing with them I mean, it speaks volumes to what i'm dealing with my my stance on these things but uh, go ahead what else what's next
2: I think we will wrap ah. it up there. We'll let uh, we'll, we'll let Deshaun get out of here before uh, they they kick him out of his uh, lovely hotel in mobile. And uh, everybody go watch the Pro Bowl and and pray that Derek Carr does not get hurt and uh, that the Raiders will be uh, Knock watching on wood, that man Jeez. to make sure. Knock
3: on wood. Man, poor Derek Carr. Hope he's all right, man. <laughs> <laughs> hey I mean he twists an ankle oh, that's, that's, he keeps cashing a check that's so. actually a good point they're running
4: somebody pulls his flag too hard you know my yeah, twist, twist this is a rough time around, around. We're, we're saying forget <laughs>
3: old people we're saying mental health we don't care if you get injured we're brutal over here man this is, I this mean this we're
1: this just this saying this twist an ankle there's an edge you know? today for sure I mean it's early morning there's, there's an edge That's no doubt
2: all right everybody we will be back next week as uh, we inch closer to the Derek Carr deadline. Bye, Derek. Later. Bye, Derek.
1: I will remember you. Later, guys. Bye,
0: Derek Carr.